0: If you've had a baby before, you are probably so very familiar with the question that you see in the title of this episode. Why am I crying? I'm supposed to be happy. If this is you, I'm glad you're here so that you can know that you're normal. And if you have more babies later, you'll be ready. If you haven't had a baby before, I'm so glad you're here because you need to know this ahead of time and you're going to need to talk to your husband and your family about it ahead of time. Today, I'm going to talk to you about what causes this, what's going on while it's happening, and hopefully, I'm going to help you be able to navigate it. And I'll help you understand when it crosses over into being abnormal. So go ahead and grab a pen and a notebook because you're going to want to remember this today. Let's go. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies, and He knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth, if we work with His design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip, so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Do you wish there was a way to have a safe birth without worrying about being forced into treatments you don't want? Are you scared of having a C-section that isn't truly needed? Do you find yourself Googling things like, what will Pitocin do to my body? Girl, I know what it feels like to doubt the system and yearn for a better way. I was in your shoes, wanting a beautiful, God-filled birth, but worried about being sucked into things I knew I didn't want and I probably didn't need. Imagine if you could have a midwife on your side coaching you on how to have your pregnancy and birth on your terms. Well, guess what? Now you can. That's why I created the Midwife and Me Power Hour just for you, where I'm gonna help you identify and reach your pregnancy and postpartum goals and have the birth you're dreaming of. You'll be able to understand what you want and why you want it, so you can clearly communicate those wants and wishes with your provider. You'll walk away with the knowledge and confidence you need to put together a plan for your birth and communicate your desires clearly with your provider. So if you're ready to take back control with God at the center through a customized plan based on your wishes, go grab one of five Midwife and Me Power Hours that I have available this month. I'll sit down with you one-on-one so we can map out your plan based on what you want, what's in your heart, and what God has in store for you. Go right now to bit.ly slash midwife power hour. Again, that's bit.ly/ slash midwife power hour, and take the first step to reclaiming the peace and joy God intended for you to have in this beautiful time of life. I can't wait to help you. I see you, Mama. I know this is hard. And I know you're not looking forward to hearing anything I'm going to say in this episode because you're probably scared of what it's going to mean for you. And yet, I'm telling you right now, you need it just like every mama needs it. Are you listening to this through tears? Are you reflecting back to the time that you were looking in the mirror wondering, what's wrong with me? And why am I so sad at a time when I should be happy? Are you wondering, what's wrong with me? Am I broken? Am I a bad mom? How am I going to do this? Why am I sad when I sh- I'm so happy to have my baby and yet I feel sad? Mama, you are not alone. Listen to this statistic. Four out of five women struggle with the feelings that you're feeling right now. That's 80%. If you go to 10, just to get the visual, if you put 10 mamas in a room, eight of those mamas either are struggling with this or have struggled with this or will struggle with this. You're not alone, mama. That's what we're gonna talk about today. I'm gonna help you understand it and I'm gonna help you navigate it. This is an okay thing. It feels awful. It's very discouraging. You feel like you're just messed up and you're doing something wrong, but I promise you, It's a normal process, and I'm going to help you understand it a little bit better so you don't have to feel so bad about yourself. I remember being in your exact shoes. I remember sitting in the corner of my bedroom one time, and I was all teary. I wasn't really all out crying, but I was just weepy, and I didn't know why. My husband thought I was losing it. (laughs) I couldn't explain to him why I felt that way or why I was so upset. But thankfully, I had told him that this might happen before we had the baby. And I told him that. I said, remember, I told you this could happen. But even though I knew it could be coming, it still caught me off guard. And it surprised me. And my sadness made me even sadder, if that makes sense. Because I was sad about being sad when I felt like I was supposed to be happy. That sounds very convoluted, but I think you know what I mean. I say that all to say even when you know it's coming, doesn't mean you can prevent it, but expecting it does make it a little bit less surprising. It does catch you off guard when it first hits, but then when you kind of get back down, you get grounded, you remember, oh yeah, this is kind of, I knew about this. I knew this was coming. So we're going to go into why this happens, what you can do about it, and how you can know when it's gone into being abnormal because there is a line. And so I wanna make sure you understand that. So first thing is, why does this happen? Well, the physiological reason for why this happens is because when you're pregnant, certain hormones are very high for a long time because they have to be that way to maintain your pregnancy, to get you ready for labor, to get you ready for birth, to get you ready for breastfeeding. All of these things have been at certain levels throughout your pregnancy. Well, when the baby is born and the placenta separates, a signal goes to your body that, hey, all right, we don't have to stay pregnant anymore. Now it's time to make milk. And there's a big, massive shift that happens. And those pregnancy hormones that have kept you pregnant for all these months bottom out, and other ones rise up, but there's a a transition period there that just really throws a lot of mamas for a loop. And guess what? That happens right in those first days up until about day four or five after pregnancy, I mean, excuse me, after delivery. And it just takes a while for it to get back to a balance to where you can feel like you're sane for lack of a better way to put it. Now take the hormonal shift and let's combine that with the fact that everybody is exhausted. You, even if you're sleeping well after pregnancy, you just had a baby. That's hard work. So your body's exhausted. Your husband's body's probably exhausted because he was trying to keep up and support you during the labor. You've got this little human now that's looking at you like you're supposed to know what to do. (laughs) And you probably don't really feel like you know what to do, right? So everybody's exhausted and you're, you know, maybe you just fall asleep and then the baby starts crying, needing to nurse, and you're just like, "If I feel like I'm never going to sleep again my whole life, even though it's only been a couple of days. It just all hits. And you know as well as I do, nobody deals well with anything when they're tired. It's, it's funny with my kids. That's how I know when it's nap time, or that's how I know, you know if I've let them slide for a few days. It's when they start getting teary or getting mad about nothing. Oh... You haven't had sleep. You're not dealing well. Well, we, none of us deal well when we're that tired. All right, so then let's add in another layer of the why. So we've got the hormones are shifting, and we're all exhausted. Now let's mix in any difficulty at all with breastfeeding, any difficulty at all with the baby, maybe a little sickness or maybe something that happened in labor that you weren't anticipating, or just a baby that cries a little more than you were expecting. So there again, going back to the lack of sleep plus the frustration of just not knowing what to do for your baby, who can go through that mountain of change and not have a little bit of an emotional time, right? It's going to happen and it's okay. It's a lot, mama. It's a whole lot of stuff all at once. Especially if you're a first-time mom because you've never done this before. And it's as much as you prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare, you're never fully ready. So when it hits and all these cumulative effects pile up, it's hard. And all of that tends to happen right around day five-ish. I used to always tell my moms to expect day five to be bad. And it was funny how many of them came back and were like, you're right. Because that's just kind of when everything bottoms out with the hormones and the cumulative effect of the sleep happens and it's just kind of all hits right then. Okay, so that's some of the why and it makes sense. It's not hard. We know we don't want to think about it because we think I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I'm not going to be sad, but then when it hits you, then you feel like a failure and I don't want you to feel like a failure. I want you to know that this happens to just about every mama out there and you are okay. So what can you do about it? Well, in all honesty, not much. Not much when you're in it. And I don't want you to be discouraged by that. Don't turn me off. Listen, (laughs) keep listening, because I'm going to tell you what you actually can do. I just want you to understand that that moment of sadness, you're just going to have to wait it out and let it go. It'll pass. Cry if you need to. It's going to be okay. It's, It's like anything else you're upset about. It takes a little bit of time, and that's okay. The best thing you can do is to realize that this, it's called baby blues, postpartum blues, that feeling, it's normal, and be aware of it. That's number one thing you can do. The best thing you can do is just be aware of it so that when it does come, you're not blindsided. That's thing one. But thing two is make sure that your husband and whoever's going to be helping you in those days after birth, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in in a minute too, The people who are going to be around you, make sure that they know it's normal. Help them to know that this is coming. You don't have to understand it. You can just say to them, look, Lori said that I'm supposed to tell you that I might get sad after the baby and that doesn't mean I'm crazy. (laughs) I mean, that's that right there is enough. It's just something to trigger in their mind that when they see you crying, it's not the end of the world. Now, most women are going to know that, because most, especially the ones you would have around you during your birth, because most women have done it before you have that would be there to support you. But daddies haven't, and they, especially if they're a certain kind of a man who just crying goes all over them, if you know what I mean, like they just, they see crying as just like alarm bells go off, and they don't know what to do with it, help them to know that you're okay it's just going to take a few minutes to pass or maybe a few hours, but to just support you and love you and not call you crazy and not make you feel bad. That's the best thing you can do ahead of time. Be aware and make sure everybody that's going to be around you is aware. All right, so let's talk about what to do when you're in it, when, when it's that day. First thing is, it's okay to cry. It's actually kind of cathartic to cry, healing. Sometimes you just got to get it out. So go with it, but try not to stay there. Get outside and get some sunshine if you can. It's not the middle of the night or if it's not rainy day, get outside, breathe some fresh air, get some sunshine. If you're feeling well enough, put your baby in your stroller and go for a walk. It's good to get your blood pumping. I'm not talking about exercising. I'm not talking about a workout. I'm talking about just getting outside and moving and getting your blood flowing and breathing some fresh air it's good for the soul, it's good for the body, and it will help you. If nothing else, you know, when you go on a walk, you see other people, you see other things, it makes you think about the bigger picture. If you really look at like trees and flowers and grass and start to think about how big your God is, and he's made all these things for you and for the world. And so And those things are, yes, they're alive, but they're not humans. And he loves you so much more than he loves those things. And he's there with you. Getting out of your bubble will help you to see the bigger picture in a more effective way. So try to get outside. Try to breathe some fresh air. Try to get some sunshine. And when people ask you what you need, and this is hard if you're one of those people that doesn't like to bother people, if you're one of those people that doesn't want anybody to go out of their way for you, which I know a lot of you listening to this probably are that person if that's you you're going to have to take a deep breath and if you can if you can manage you need to let them help you instead of politely declining tell them maybe what easy meal you'd love for them to make for you and bring it by or maybe they could just go pick something up for you and bring it maybe bring you a pizza not that that's the best nutrition I know that's bad advice but you know what I mean if you feel uncomfortable accepting If you want to call it charity, accepting them giving you something, you can pay for it. Just let them go run and get it so dad can stay with you. Tell them what they could help you with practically even. If it's somebody maybe, you know, it's a little bit closer, maybe you feel comfortable, your mom, his mom, your best friend, ask them if they'll do a couple loads of laundry for you. If you have a man at church who has maybe expressed excitement for you and he's like I'm so excited maybe just say hey after I have the baby you know my husband's having to do all the things outside and I really need him to be with me is there any way you could cut our grass once or twice so he doesn't have to worry about that maybe if there's someone that you trust your kids with you could just ask him to come get your other babies if you already have some and take them to the park or get ice cream or something like that. That way you have a little bit of uninterrupted time with the baby to do your adjusting and feeding and maybe take a shower yourself, <laughs> any of those kind of things. Let people help you. You know, um, one of the best people I ever knew, her name was Carol, and she used to tell me she, she passed away last year of cancer, and she and her husband had everything that they needed but she said that when people would offer to do things for her, she never told them no. And the reason that she never told them no was because we all as Christians need to serve one another. We, we want to serve one another. And when you tell someone no that they don't, you don't need their help, you're actually robbing them of their opportunity to serve in the way that God has told us to. So when people offer, when they have it on their heart, to actually offer you something, let them do it. It's good for them, and it's good for you. It will build your bond, and it will give you the help that you need in these, you know, bumpy times. Now, let's draw a few little boundaries. I know you're looking at me. Some of you mamas are like, uh, but what about my mother-in-law? I don't want her there. I laugh because I know how real this is. I've seen it up close and personal in so many birthing rooms. Thankfully, my mother-in-law is wonderful, but I know it's sometimes a challenge. Set some boundaries. Make it known very clearly what you want and what you don't want. But if grandma wants to be there, let her be there and let her do the things. Let her cook the meals. Let her do the laundry. Let her take care of the other babies so that you can spend your time with the baby. They love you or they love your husband more than anybody else in the world. We have to remember, we have to take a step back and remember that we were once the baby. And that mama of yours or that mama of your husband's are looking at you or him and thinking, my baby has a baby now. And they just want to serve you. They want to love on you. And sometimes they might not know how to show that very well. Sometimes they can be overbearing. But that's what they want to do they just want to help let them in any way that you can figure out that you can you can let them help you it's a blessing whatever they can take off of your plate will be a blessing Your if you have other children they'll look back at grandma being there and helping and they'll remember that probably more even than the baby coming just let them help however you can now the last thing i'll suggest kind of goes back to before about the awareness when you're in that preparing phase do as much as you can ahead of time to take things off of your plate that for the weeks to come. If you can make freezer meals, make those. Make lots of those. Make more of those than you think you need because there is going to come many, many days or nights that you're just not going to want to feel like cooking. Your husband doesn't want to cook. Maybe you are past the end of the meal train and everybody's already brought you all the food and now they've gone back to normal life and food's not showing up on your doorstep maybe like it was at one point. Now you have the freezer meals to fall back on, and they're not going to go bad. So make some freezer meals. Think of which friends ahead of time, that which your friends might have teenagers, teenage girls, maybe teenage boys, that are interested in earning a little extra money to do things like laundry, cutting grass, taking kids to the park if they're old enough and responsible enough. Think of, Kind of brainstorm and think of people. I'll tell you, one of the biggest blessings I ever had was a dear, sweet girl named Candice called me or messaged me, I can't remember, and said she wanted to come and just be a mother's helper to me when I was pregnant with my third. You want to talk about a blessing, having her there, just having extra hands and extra eyes so I could just relax. If you have anybody like that, maybe a homeschool teenage girl that wants to come help you, my goodness, ask her, maybe offer to pay her a little bit, of course, feed her, you know, it's just think, think outside the box and and get outside of feeling like it's an awful thing to ask for help. In some cases, it will be a blessing to them in the same way that it would be a blessing to you. So don't be quite so quick to say no. So the last thing, this is a harder one. How do you know when your baby blues have crossed the line into something more serious. Maybe you're sitting there listening to me going, it's worse than that. I've been sad for two weeks now and I can't get out of it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm starting to wonder if this is bad. Let's look at the difference between baby blues and what's called postpartum depression. Baby blues are usually first days or weeks after birth for the most part. You can have little dabs of them here and there. It'll hit you maybe sometimes out of nowhere, but in general, it's usually in those first couple of weeks when that hormonal shift is happening and you're just exhausted. They go away on their own with time and they're usually just changes in mood, maybe not sleeping well for a day or two, maybe a change in appetite or energy, but all, again, all soon after birth and they don't stick around. That's the key. Postpartum depression, on the other hand, can stay for up to a year after birth and it is progressive. It's very, very serious. And when I say it's progressive, I'm saying that if it's not tended to, it can get worse and worse and it can lead to awful things. It can interfere with your daily activities. You just kind of can't, can't bounce back. You know, you're, you're weeks, maybe months into it and you're just in the pits and you haven't felt like this and you can't get out of it. Maybe you can't get out of bed. Maybe you don't want to care for yourself and you don't want to care for the baby at all. And maybe you want to hurt yourself or hurt your baby. If you're here, you need to get some help pretty quick. You don't need to wait because, again, it's progressive. And if, it, if you don't address it, get some professional help, who specializes in helping you out of this stage. Bad things can happen, and I don't want to go into them, but I think you know what I'm telling you. There is help available. There are trained professionals who know the route you need to take to get out of it, and they will help you. And that's what they thats what they do. They don't want to leave you there. Go seek out that help, and don't be ashamed of it. Because, again, while 8 out of 10 mamas – Suffer from b- baby blues, there's a certain percentage of those that go on into postpartum depression. When I say go on into, it doesn't mean to say that b- baby blues is progressive, but maybe it starts feeling kind of like baby blues and it just progresses and progresses and progresses. Again, baby blues go away. So if you're into something and it's not going away, that's when you know that you're crossing into the other territory. Now, I'm not your provider. And if you know you are slipping into postpartum depression, if the things I've talked about are sounding a little too familiar, I want you to turn off this podcast right now and go call your provider to either talk or make an appointment. Now, if you saw your midwife, excuse me, if you saw a midwife during your pregnancy or during the birth, this might be the time that you're going to need to go ahead and talk to a physician. Midwives are wonderful. I'm one of them. We, we love our mamas and we do understand things like postpartum depression, but we are not licensed to care for it. And so this is the point at which you're going to want to seek a higher level of care with a physician. But I do not want you to ignore this. I don't want that to scare you to where you're like, well, I don't want to see a doctor. I I got away from that. Doctors are good in their place, and this is one of their places. So don't ignore this feeling. True postpartum depression won't go away on its own. You need to have some professional guidance and some help so that you can find your way back to where you need to be. You can get there, but it's next to impossible to do it on your own. Now, if you're struggling with baby blues and feeling like you just can't sort through everything, I can help you with that. Let's hop on a Midwife and Me Power Hour call, and we'll talk through it. I'll help you make a plan to move forward so that you can know what's next, so that you can look up and breathe and realize that it's going to be okay. I would love to talk you through that. And I would also be able to tell you if it feels like that you've gone into the next stage where you need more help. And again, this is not something to be ashamed of. This is simply something to take care of while you can. But for you, mama, who is dealing with those baby blues right now, go down to the show notes, click on that link to book a midwife and me power hour, and we'll work on this together and we'll tackle it and you'll be back to feeling good before you know it. Now, if you are still pregnant, I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to right now, I want you to write down your postpartum plan on how you are going to remove as much from your plate as you can before birth. This is your homework today. <laughs> okay? If you don't do your homework, you're going to get a zero when I take roll next week. <laughs> Just kidding, obviously I don't take roll. But seriously, Go back and listen through the steps again if you need to. But I want you to write down what you can do right now. Maybe a little thing each day that you can do today and tomorrow and the next day up until when that baby comes to give you one less thing to do once the baby is here. Just remember, again, baby blues happen to 80% of mamas. If you have a room full of 100 mamas, and you, look, you divide them by who has and who hasn't. 80 of those mamas, 80 of them, are going through what you are going through. You are not alone. There is support out there. Don't sit there and struggle by yourself. There is help, and there are people like me who love you and want to help you. Go grab you a Midwife and Me Power Hour now. And then meet me back here again next week, because I love helping, and I'll be right back here in your podcast app next week with another topic, which hopefully will help you as much as this one has. And before you go, I want to leave you with two scriptures. First, from Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Cast all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Have a great day. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me, and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you, so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.